Hi, it's Mark Rabin. Welcome to Lean Blog Audio, episode 33 for March 12, 2015. Today's post is titled Throwback Thursday, Lean Manufacturing Training from 2002. So it's time for another Throwback Thursday post, which is always uh, is uh, accompanied by one of my thoughtful looking baby pictures, or maybe it's the only thoughtful looking baby picture of me that um, exists. But if you want to see that or see any of the images in this post, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 33. Um, Back in 2002, back when I worked for a software startup um, called Factory Logic, I was able to sit in on some lean training that was created and presented by a large electronics manufacturer that will remain unnamed. It wasn't Dell Computer, uh, by the way. Um, and the, the, the class that I sat in for was for the company's suppliers primarily. So on the topic of an unhappy supplier, I recently found the training guidebook from this class and I was flipping through it. On the inside cover, uh, I found a story that I had written down after talking with one of the suppliers who was there. Uh, we were talking over lunch and this, the guy was grumbling and um, this is what I had written down in his words, that this company the one doing the training, wanted us to produce all we could. They told us to produce without a purchase order. Trust us, they said. Well, the downturn, this was after 9-11, well, the downturn hit and we got stuck with the inventory. Now we're here in this class being lectured that inventory is bad. So he was not a happy supplier and I couldn't blame him. You know, what, what that company... Uh, did, um, you know, wasn't grounded on uh, mutual respect. Now, you know, Toyota has long had a reputation in the auto industry, I think, you know, well-earned, it seems, for being uh, fair and collaborative with their suppliers. Now, one of our factory logic customers at the time was an auto supplier Then the same plant made similar parts for GM, Chrysler, and Toyota. Well, that's that supplier in my experience working there with them loved working with Toyota because Toyota had level loaded and stable production schedules, whereas GM and Chrysler would jerk the supplier around by changing their schedules at the last minute, meaning that the supplier had to change what they were producing or shipping at the last minute. So that supplier had to hold more inventory of finished product for GM and Chrysler in order to meet their whims and changing schedules. And that was more inventory than they had to hold uh, for Toyota. And, you know, it was it was less expensive for that supplier to do business with Toyota due to the stability and the lessened need uh, for inventory. And Toyota is still a preferred OEM customer today. If you look at a a survey of suppliers that was done uh, last year in 2014. And the headline from that survey says, you know, um, the uh, annual OEM supplier relations study and the the OEMs are Ford, GM, Chrysler, et cetera. The study shows Honda and Toyota on top, Nissan displacing Ford in the middle, Chrysler and GM falling behind. So from the study, what makes a preferred customer? It says, quote, the variables comprise five components of their trademarked working relations index that cover quality of the overall supplier relationship, communication, help given the supplier, working together and supplier profit opportunity. The second set of factors includes foundational business areas involving leadership, execution, and fairness. 
These factors must be present to achieve good relations, but do not themselves impact the working relations index rating. Foundational areas include such things as paying invoices on time, resolving payment issues fairly, allowing suppliers to recover some material cost increases, and OEM terms and conditions regarding intellectual property, end quote. So what's the lesson if you're a hospital, especially a large major health system? Well, I think these lessons include to be fair to your vendors and suppliers. That's the lean thing to do, not just because it's nice, but because it's good business. So part two of the post talks about Kaizen tips. Now, a large portion of the training class was about technical methods, uh, as opposed to being about management systems, philosophy, culture, and developing people. You know, those are the things Toyota leaders also include when they talk about lean. Now, that electronic supplier had a ton of material on methods like 5S, visual management, just-in-time production, error-proofing, and Kanban systems. Um, even though it was weak in some of the management practices. But you know, to their credit, the section on Kaizen talked about more than just Kaizen events. And there was one slide that I've shared a picture of in the post on Kaizen rules, and it, it forms a mnemonic that spells out rules Kaizen. And these, these state for R. Results should be publicly displayed. U, understand the thought process. L, learn by taking action. E, exercise mutual respect, work together. S, share the successes. And then for Kaizen, K, keep an open mind to change. A, always maintain a positive attitude. I, involve everyone in the activity. Z, zero blame, fix the problem instead. E, each member has an equal vote. And N, never leave in silent disagreement. So I'm fully on board with nine of those 10 rules. Um, the one I'm not sure about is the one that says each member has an equal vote. Now, I don't think of uh, Kaizen or Lean as a democracy-driven workplace where people vote on what to do. Now, it's certainly not a top-down dictatorship either, you know, nor is it the UN Security Council where any one member gets a veto. You know, in my mind, the, this PDSA cycle in Kaizen is about testing ideas. What works in practice? That's the question to ask. You know, we should be driven by data and results where we can, not opinions and, and voting. So that's, that's what concerns me about workplace voting. On what basis are people voting? You know, I, if we have a proposed new method, we should be able to uh, determine if it's working better than the old way um, in practice, through testing, through measurement, um, gauging even qualitative results. Now, sometimes a manager mightn't have to make a decision about what's best, but doing so only after getting input from employees and then explaining why things have to be done a certain way and, and not falling back on because I said so. But I, I think organizations, including health systems, would be better off by following these rules and building upon them. I'm curious, what Kaizen rules would you add? Um, would love to have you comment. If you go to leanblog.org slash audio 33, you can join the conversation. Podcasts are sponsored by Kinexus, where we're passionate about helping the world improve and innovate more effectively with our web-based software. Learn more at www.makeimprovementhappen.com.